I'd like to share with you a few thoughts, uh, perspectives on Kippur, which uh, is quickly approaching. Uh, first and foremost, just to uh, establish or to set forth a few questions with regards to the day, some that uh, we've thought about in the past, or perhaps others that haven't passed our marks, but through those questions, I hope to develop and in a short period of time bring forth a new perspective on Kippur, on what we're truly hoping to accomplish over the course of those some hours ahead. On the eve of Kippur, as we enter into Kippur in just a few hours from now, of course we're all familiar with Kal Nidre. We're familiar with the Kal Nidre that's performed by us. The words are generally speaking straightforward. If they're not, read them in the English. Effectively what we're doing is twofold. First and foremost, looking to the Nidarim and Shivuot, Haramot, Kunamot that we made in the past year. The vows, the promises, the oaths that were committed in the past, and furthermore, looking to the future, and on each of them hoping that the vows will be annulled or won't be existent at all. I think the words are somewhat straightforward, the concept as well. The question that I have for you is why appropriate most on Erev Kippur? It's a minhad which spans back hundreds, if not over a thousand years, Kal Nidre on the first night, on the night of Kippur. Why on the night of Kippur, Kal Nidre? It could be said on Erev Rosh Hashanah. In fact, we have Hatarat Nidarim throughout this period, which only begs the question further. Why is the focus on Nidarim, on Shibuot in this time period? Uh, perhaps we should be focused on sins. Uh, maybe it's more appropriate to accept upon ourselves what we're going to do this coming year. Why Nidarim? Why Shibuot? Why is it vows and oaths that we're most focused on at this time period? That's, that's the first question I'd like to pose. The second question is one that's uh, maybe a little less known, uh, and that is that when it comes to Kippur, the Gemaran Masechet Roshanan Daftet, Gemaran Masechet Yoman Dafpe Aleph, derives specifically from the Pesukim in context of Kippur, the Mitzvah of Tosefet. See, when it comes to Erev Shabbat in general, maybe Erev Yom Tov, many people appropriately accept the day a bit earlier and maybe even finish it a bit later. It's a mitzvah, Gemara, in each of those places mentions the mitzvah of Tosefet. But the Gemara, interestingly, derives it specifically from a pasuk in the context of Yom Kippur. You see, the pasuk says, in the context of Kippur, the Pasuk in the Torah says that you're going to have inui, that, uh, that pain, that suffering, that, uh, that experience of Kippur, on the ninth of Chodesh Tishrei. And the Gemara questions, it's not on the ninth that we have inui, it's rather on the tenth. Why say the ninth? The Gemara has two answers, one of the answers is uh, what we're doing right now. It's that the ninth is a day for rejoicing with food, uh, filling ourselves with food appropriately. Indeed, that's a mitzvah according to many, Moneh Miswot. It's mitzvah today to make certain that we eat appropriately uh, for a whole plethora of reasons suggested by the Rishonim. However, perhaps more fundamentally, there's a mitzvah tosefet, says the Gemara. So the Gemara says, we learn from this, you're supposed to, and you're mandated to take the eve of Kippur, before Kippur, that's today, 
and start Kippur a bit earlier. That's Tosefet Inui. The Gemara goes on to derive that obligation or that mitzvah to the other holidays and Shabbat. But Harambam, curiously, in Perek Alpha, only mentions this law in the context of Kippur. Harambam, first and foremost, seems to be telling us, Maran and Bet Yosef uh, elaborates further, um, Harambam seems to be telling us, Tosefet is a reality when it comes to Kippur specifically. And even according to the other opinions, it's derived, this idea of accepting the day earlier, of ending it later, from Kippur. Even if I apply it to Shabbat, the Gemara derives it from Kippur. What is it about Kippur on which the Torah specifically specifies this concept of beginning earlier, maybe even ending later, of not just going with the 24, 25 hour period, but rather adding and beginning before, ending later, the mitzvah of Tosefet. So again, I want to address first and foremost the concept of Kal Nidre, somehow tethered to the holiday of Kippur. Secondly, Tosefet, the idea of beginning earlier, the ending later, a mitzvah ta'aseh from the Torah is generally accepted, certainly on Kippur, with regards to the Inuyim, uh, with regards to the other holidays, but derived from Kippur. Why Kippur where, of where all days? Where should it be derived from? What, Shabbat? Anywhere else, the holidays in general. Shabbat. Why Kippur? How about eating more than normal so that you would have That's today, that's today. I said there's two explanations that Dr. Ezra wants me to make certain everyone understood properly. Today, the Gemara says there's two dirashot to be learned from this. First and foremost, to make certain that you overindulge today. Are you invested in a restaurant or something, Dr. Make certain that you do so. Why so? Again, several explanations, not our conversation right now. But beyond that, it's a mitzvah to begin the Inui beforehand, and why so? I would suggest, very briefly, that each of these two entities, among with others, but each of these two, the idea of a nedir, and the idea of accepting sanctity or holiness earlier, represent our capability, as B'nai Adam, as Am Yisrael, to effectively be creative. And what I mean by that is, Think for a moment about what we do, generally speaking, as Shomre Torah Mitzvot. We follow the laws. It's written and we perform. We understand the laws as explained in the Torah, as derived by the rabbis and as set forth by the poskim, and that's what we do in turn. When it comes to an idea like a nedir, effectively that's an invitation from God to each of us in which he says, here's your opportunity to find a halakha that you'll craft for your own life. Think about what a neder and a shivua are. It's taking a circumstance and situation and saying this is something relevant to me, something I feel committed to, something I know I should abstain from, and creating a halakha from that. The idea being, again, I create halakha with regards to nedarim. I'm focused on that as I enter into the holiday. The concept of Tosefet is identical in that respect. Think for a moment about what Tosefet is. It's not only Kippur which is sanctified, but I, you, we have decided, let's spread that to beforehand. We're not merely accepting the sanctity of the day, we're creating and spreading it forth into parv, gray or white zones, effectively creating Kiddushah in our lives. It means that as we enter into Kippur for one reason or another, 
the thought, the perspective that the Torah and the Hakamim have set forth for us is one in which we can create entities of halakha. We don't just follow, although we do follow, we create as well. That's a responsibility, but it's an opportunity as well. In truth, I've more than once wondered about how we conceive, how we understand Teshuvah. Oftentimes, I think we might misunderstand what it means to repent properly. Oftentimes, I've been convinced that people believe that Teshuvah falls in line with, well, I've done wrong and I haven't matched the laws. Let me now set myself in place, imagining to themselves that Teshuvah doesn't have an angle of creativity, of self-creation, but rather merely following in order to achieve kapara. Wonder if alternatively, Teshuvah can and should be understood differently. Consider for a moment the words of Rabbeinu Yonah and Sha'ar Dalit of Sha'ar Teshuvah. Rabbeinu Yonah famously derives the mitzvah of Teshuvah on Kippur from a pasuk. What's the pasuk? Ki bayom hazeh yechaper alechem v'tahir etchem ekol chatot echem lefnei Adonai titar. Focusing on those final words, says Rabbeinu Yonah, listen to the words, The simple interpretation of those words are, is, you will become purified, that's something which you're not affecting, but rather accepting. You're not the po'el, but rather the nif'al. Alternatively, says Rabbeinu Yonah, is a mitzvah, it's a responsibility. Purify yourself. Find in your own life the opportunity, the circumstance, the situation where you can change the reality. But Sammy might say, but what about kapara? No satan on Kippur, bore olam, yom ha-kippurim, ki bayom alechem. Indeed, kapara might be something else, and I'll demonstrate by means of the following. Uh, just a few years ago, I learned a study together with some others, Masechit Kiddushim. And the Gemara cites the following case. It says, if a person who's been a rasha' kol yamav, a person who objectively, you look at him, he's done everything wrong, or he's done much wrong, walks to a woman and in a demented state, or alternatively found a fantastic woman from a beautiful family, a t- a determined that he's going to get married to her, he says to her, behold, you are sanctified to me, feel like I'm under the chuppah again, almenat, on condition, she'ani sadiq, that I'm a righteous person. So we'd say it's ridiculous. The person is a rasha. Objectively speaking, we saw everything he's done wrong. It's a Gemara statement in the Beraita is Mekudeshet Besimantob. Why Mekudeshet? Shemeh, because maybe Hirher Teshubadikbo. Maybe in his mind, in his heart, he changed himself. Stenne Teshubah, I thought Stenneh. All right, I learned it. Okay, I'm working on it. Uh, one second. Teshubah. Uh, incorporates and necessitates harata, regret, kabbalah lehaba, acceptance for the future, vidui, bapeh, says harambam, a verbal confession, I'm being mekadesh, because maybe in my mind I changed myself? That's not teshubah, is it? suggests that there's a fundamental difference, very relevant to us, between what he describes as Shem Sadiq, deriving the notion and the name, the appellation of Sadiq, as opposed to Kapara, 
or I get atoned for what went wrong. To get kapara, those are the words of Harambam, verbal confession. To get kapara, make certain you follow all the stages of the Tishuba process. To become a Sadiq, as I mentioned last night, change the person you are. Change your perspective, your direction. That in and of itself, in a moment, in a split second, we can all become Sadiqim in that respect. But to become a Sadiq, necessitates more than becoming, ironically, a mechupar. Because to become a sadiq means to analyze my own life. Means to be, as we enter into Kippur, creative with ourselves. Means to look back at what went wrong and not just turn to God and ask Him for forgiveness, but to say to ourselves, how can I change this? Where did I go wrong in direction? How can I recalibrate or redirect myself? Do you follow the difference? And that's the Kippur experience that we enter into. We begin with Kal Nidre saying to ourselves, turning to others and saying, this is not just the day on which I hope the Tahara will come from without. It's not just the day on which the Kiddushah will fill me because it came from another direction. It's a day on which I can and must create it for myself. Teshubah effectively is creative, but it's personal. It's individual. It's, it's the description of who we are as human beings coming full throttle on Kippur, becoming people who know and realize that to live a life as a Shomer Torah Mitzvot means to be constantly looking at myself, not merely listening to instructions, trying to internalize them, trying to make them relevant to me, to realize what's gone wrong and how can I change that? What's the shift? What's the direction? What's the perspective change? that in my life is necessary at this moment. Not how am I merely achieving kapara, atonement, no satan, Sammy, but rather how am I becoming a sadiq? How am I, he's been so quiet, I have to turn to him. Not that you're the satan, you took the satan out of Kippur, Baruch Hashem. Truth is, there's a book called Nefesh HaHayim, Nefesh HaHayim written by the Bihayim of Valajan, one of the great students of Gaon Mivilna, the very answer to Nefesh HaHayim, in Sha'ar Aleph and Perek Aleph, Nefesh HaHayim sets forth to determine a question that vexed many a halachic and rabbinic mind. The Torah describes creation of human beings as being Veselem Elokim. What does it mean to have a Selem Elokim? To have the complexion of Borei Olam is impossible. Borei Olam is En lo Guf, En lo Surat Guf, En lo Demut Guf. He has no Surah, he has no way that we can point to human beings and say that's a complexion of Borei Olam. Says Nefesh HaChayim, but look in Bereshit, Perek Aleph. Bereshit, Perek Aleph of the Torah, Bereshit, Bara Elohim et HaShamayim et HaAretz. Throughout the days of creation, Bereshit, Perek Aleph, Who's creating? Of course, Borei Olam. What's the description of Borei Olam? What's his name throughout Bereshit Perakalf? Elohim. Elohim and Elohim. To have a tzelem, Elohim suggests Nefesh HaChayim means that our responsibility is to be Boreim, to be creators like Borei Olam. At its core, the definition of a human being is a person who can and must create. It's not just receiving, it's not just following. It's creating, it's realizing in our own lives when there's no black and white guidelines as to what to do, how can and what will I decide to do in this circumstance. I said it a couple of months ago when I uh, stood at the Hag HaSemicha in Yeshiva University. Uh, to, well, I had received Simicha, my rabbinic ordination, but there was someone giving a dirashah to the students as we quote-unquote went out into the real world. He said, you've all learned, hopefully, many parts of 
the four sections of Shohan Aruch. You hopefully are proficient, will be able to be posek halacha for others and for yourselves and communities and students for many years to come. He said, but you haven't learned at all. And the next stage is the fifth section of Shohan Aruch. So there was a gasp in the crowd. Fifth section of Shohan Aruch. The rabbi on the stage must have lost it. There's only four sections. What's he talking about? As I said, here's the explanation. The fifth section is everything in between the lines. Everything that's not on the pages of Shulchan Aruch. That's the creative domain. That's the circumstances, the situations where each of us need to in our own lives say, it might not be spelled out what I should be doing. I don't have guidelines for how to fix this fractured relationship with my friend, with my colleague, with my spouse or children. I don't have something set forth for how to do this. Here's my responsibility to be creative. Kippur then, the very day in which we turn to Borea Olam and ask him for kapara, begins by reminding us it's not only about kapara, it's about tahara as well. It's not only about receiving from without, it's about changing within. It's about realizing my relationship with him, God, has been fractured. How can I fix that? Not merely by performing more mitzvot. Not only by abstaining from avirot, but doing teshubah. Teshubah means I see my world, I understand my circumstances in an altogether different way. I'd like to conclude with just two last notions and thoughts with regards to Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, this time period, and a general understanding of this creative capacity, which we don't only have, but we're responsible for using. I mentioned on Rosh Hashanah, and I'll just mention it again because it's very relevant to the conversation, that this time period, if anything, sounds like quite the opposite. Everything is faded. There's a book or books that are written. Your best case scenario is somehow through your actions you fit in line and you're written in a different book. All your deeds are written down in a book. That's final. That's done. There's no changing that. As I mentioned then, I'm a book guy, a bibliophile par excellence. I buy too many books. I read not enough, but I love books very much, and I know how books work. Very different than computers and phones and things of that sort. On computers and phones and iPads, you can delete if you wrote something wrong. There's forgetting it immediately. I know it's somewhere in the clouds, but effectively it's gone. Books, once it's written, can't be erased. If it's a pencil, it still leaves a mark. If it's written in ink, whiteout still has it underneath. Books have a finality to them. How are we going to change? What are we going to do during this time period unless books also begin a story? Unless a sefer is not only a mispar, the number of words and facts on its pages, but a sipur as well, because it demands of us that that action was done. How are you going to define it now? I, in my relationship with another, said or did something, and in turn am stuck in the quagmire of conflict. I'm stuck in this relationship, don't know how to get out of it. What am I going to do? I'll say vidui to the person, come on. I'll say to them, I'm, I'm sorry, not sufficient. I'll work to repairing and use what went wrong. Look at the setback as a possibility, an opportunity to push me forward. Was it not Dr. Azar, not only Zohar, but Gemara and Pesachim, that Teshubah was created before existence because to have a worthwhile relationship with Borei to have a worthwhile relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu means 
to realize that the best I can get is by continuing the story. The best I can be is not by just accepting and doing and fitting in line, but it's about pushing the limits and realizing within my creative capacity, each of us in our own ways, we can and must craft what that action meant. Give it context, <coughs> change the direction, realize what's done is done and on the page, but you can only always write words afterwards. You can close the book and continue that story. It's the same exact message when it comes to the memory of this time period. For years, this bothered me as well. We turn to Borei Olam and we ask him to remember us. We remind ourselves and him that there is no forgetfulness at your great throne. One second, working against us. If I want you to forget everything that went wrong, why do I keep reminding you to remember me? First Devar Torah ever, Sammy Franco, that you heard from me, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Zikaron seems antithetical to this time period. Yom HaZikaron, Rosh Hashanah, is the opposite. It should be Yom HaShichicha. We're turning to Borei Olam and asking him, forget what happened. Give us kapara in less. Memory, Zikaron, is different than we sometimes imagine. Because whereas history is in the books and set in stone, Memory, the way that you and I remember what happened, can and will be influenced by what happens afterwards in our lives. How many times have you experienced the idea? How many times do you sit around the table with your children, wife, and family members remembering something that happened? One person remembers it in one way, and the other and others in altogether different ways. Who's right? Who gets the award for being right? Everyone. Because you're not talking history, you're talking memory. In memory, we turn to Borei Olam and we say to him, here's what happened, certainly. But now understand what that meant. Memory will influence, will change through subsequent actions. We begin Kippur tonight. We experience the awesome experience of Kippur by beginning and realizing that as we develop ourselves, B'Tselem Elohim, as we reach our potential, as we strive to reach our capacity as creators, we have a responsibility not just to accept and not just to follow, but to think <clears throat> carefully about all that we've done and to realize that the only way to become better is to carefully fashion a new direction while building off of that past one. Realize that nidarim is a power that we've been given conceptually meaning we create as Bnei Adam Shomre Torah Mitzvot. We don't just accept and follow. Realize as well that Tosefet Kippur is the greatest place to learn this concept of Tosefet from because Kippur is an all-encompassing experience of Tahara. is a mitzvah to make yourself better, not just to accept an atonement and a mikveh Israel from Borea Olam realize that there's a responsibility on our own behalf to be creative partners in furthering our development in this world, in community and family and personal lives. Realize that Kippur affords us with the opportunity to truly understand that the Sipur of our lives is developing constantly and the only way that we can and will be a part of it is by continuing that story ourselves. Understand as well, lastly, that to have a good memory means to live a good life. To just leave things in the past means to have a proper history. To change your life 
to realize that I want to be that tzaddik means not only to say vidui, not merely to have harata, regret, and kabbalah lahaban, acceptance for the future. It's about taking what was done and altogether recrafting it. We should only be zocher, of course, in this Kippur year ahead, to have a creative capacity and fulfillment in being shav b'teshuvah shelema. Amen. 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 Amen